may be seated. When does a wheelchair do 65, powered only by its occupant? It has no motor. It has no electric device. Just the hand pump kind. 65 miles an hour. What happened this week in Michigan when 21-year-old Benjamin Carpenter, who is bound to a wheelchair, was crossing the road... The, the, the light was in his favor. There was a semi sitting there at the stoplight getting ready to go. And when the light turned green, without knowing it, Michael's wheelchair was right in the middle of the road in front of the semi. Instead of being a tragedy, it was a one-of-kind story because either through providence, fate, or luck... Instead of running over the wheelchair, the wheelchair hooked onto the front grill of the semi and off they went. Michael rode, Benjamin rode on the front of, in, in that wheelchair on the front of that semi for over four miles. People were calling 911 reporting the incident and the state police thought it was a joke, that it was a prank. Until finally they did catch up with the truck. And for sure enough, there is Benjamin sitting there with a Coke in his hand, strapped into that chair, going 65 miles an hour, hooked to the front of that semi. They finally pulled it over, told the driver what has happened, and he didn't believe it. He had to actually get out of the, of the semi, go around to the front and actually see it. When, when, when Michael was asked what he thought, he says, hey, I'm fine. I just went for a little ride. <laughs> but I thought, what a beautiful metaphor. What an example. What a picture of what life is supposed to be like when you live with God. You're strapped to a wheelchair with semi-power. In this series, The Four Laws of Water Skiing, We're talking about surfing the waters of life, riding the rough waters of life without wiping out. Because Forrest Gump's mother was right. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You never know how rough those waters are going to turn. So we started last week with the first law of water skiing. What is it? Everyone wears a jacket, no exceptions. No exceptions. Safety is an illusion. Security is a reality. It's something that is offered by Jesus. Law number two goes this way. Hold on to the rope, lean back, and let the boat do the lifting. If you've ever water skied, you know it's an uncomfortable and an unnatural state, but it's also exhilarating. You're in the water. You have your life jacket on. You're not worried about sinking. You've just, you're just laying there floating effortlessly. You're secure, but you still have planks on your feet. You have a boat revving up. You've grabbed hold of the rope and you're in a strange place. The, the boat takes out the slack in the rope, gets it taut, and then you're supposed to say, go! And when you say, go... The boat then revs up and does the lifting. If you're a novice skier, this is what happens by reflex. You try to pull the boat back to you. 
You try to pull the boat back this way rather than letting the boat pull you out of the water. If you've ever tried this little ditty, you know that there is a big difference in, in trying to pull the boat to you and letting the boat pull you up. Trying to overpower the boat will wear you out. Your arms will be like noodles. You won't be able to hold on. Life is that way as well. Trying to pull life, trying to pull God to my way of thinking wears me out. Trying to beg God, trying to, trying to help God, trying, 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 trying to pull myself up is an endeavor that will always leave me worn out, tired, despair, despondent, and oftentimes in despair. What God wants to do is be like a guy strapped to a wheelchair with power. He wants to come into your life and give you power. And he's given you a prescription of how that works. And it just, there's three steps in the law. You hold on to the rope. What does the scripture say? Psalm 37, five, it's on your outline. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will. Here's the problem. When I, when I, commit my way to the Lord and I trust in him, I don't often see him acting. See, I'm into cause and result. If I commit my way to the Lord and trust in him, I want to see him act when? Now. And in the ways that I expect, in the ways that seem right to me. And yet God says, commit your way, trust in him. Let's just do this together. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will. Let's do it again. Commit, trust, and he will. One more time. Ready? Commit, trust, and he will act. That is a promise. It's black and white. God says, if you, this is the process. If you will do this. If you will commit, when the translators were translating this, particularly into African dialects, there wasn't a, a parallel between commit and their language. And so the, one translation translates this word commit to hands down and fingers wide apart. What can you hold on to hands down, fingers wide apart? Nothing. When you commit like this, you can grab it back. Commit has the idea of Deposit. Leaning has the idea, the trusting has the idea of leaning. To trust in the Lord in the Hebrew way of thinking was to lean. And you lean on something and you trust it to hold you up. Commit and trust, God will act. You say, God's not doing anything in my life. Have you committed whatever it is, your heart, your life, the situation, the marriage, the job? Are you trusting, leaning on him? And waiting for him to act. Or are you like a good American, like a good religious robot, on what I call the try harder treadmill? Try harder. Isn't that the answer to everything? Just try harder. If your marriage isn't working, you need to try. If your prayers aren't being answered, you need to make this screwed up face. It's just, you know, when you pray, you know, like if you just mother-in-law, oh, God bless my mother-in-law. That's how you pray, right? If you pray that at all. 
But if you're like really serious, you know, you got to, oh God, I got a house payment due. Oh God, my wife just left me. Oh God, I can't get a date. <laughs> oh God, nobody likes, you screw up that face and, and if it's really hard, you kneel. You see the church signs, haven't you? You know, get on your knees before God. Oh, oh God, 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 God. And then if it's really serious, you just lay on the ground. I've laid on the ground. You know what I do? I go to sleep. <laughs> this doesn't do me much good. We just have the idea that, if, that, that God isn't acting unless, he's, unless I see him actively acting. And trust me, that God, though God may be silent, he is never still. I'm not talking about never still out there, but I'm mean talking about never still right here. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Law number two, hold on the rope, lean back, let the boat do the lifting. You need to do that or you can be on the, what I call the try harder treadmill. See if you've ever heard any of these little sayings. If it won't fit, get a, get a bigger hammer. That's right. Isn't that great? Just smash it in. Just power, just more energy. That's what I need. God helps us. This is in the Bible. Hesitations 3, 7. God helps those who... See, God who helps us who help. Are you helping yourself? Are you doing everything you possibly can do? Well, of course not. I've never done everything I possibly can do. Have you? I mean, come on. No, 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 no. Everything I Oh, my husband didn't love me. I didn't do everything I possibly do. He still loves me. Yeah, you could have locked him up. You could have chained him. You didn't want to. Don't blame you. Uh, I look, only the strong... You ought to write a song about that. This is one of the early burn catches the, uh, you've caught, what do you, what do you want with it once you catch it? Or this is out of, uh, this is if you know where this one's from. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a person. And where's that from? Benjamin Franklin, poor Richard's almanac. Here's, here's Dave's version. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a person tired. How about this? He is a self-made man. Yeah, self-made. How dumb is that? He's he's a self-made woman. I don't want any help. If you didn't have any help, you'd be dead. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. If you can dream it, you you can do it. And my favorite from the great theologian, Ricky Bobby... And don't tell me you've not, never seen Talladega Nights, you bunch of liars. If you're not first, you're last. But according to Ricky Bobby's dad, you could be second and third, fourth or fifth or sixth. My favorite is, if it is to be, it is up to me. Now, you know what? All of those things find their way into our common language. And here's the problem with all of them. There's some kernel of truth in them. But here's what we do. We take them and we apply them absolutely. So that we live in a culture that is addicted to adrenaline. Addicted to hurry. You talk to people every day in the common response. How you doing? I'm in a hurry. I'm tired. I'm behind. I'm frazzled. I'm worn out. As a mother today in our culture, how do you feel? I feel like a chauffeur. 
It felt like I'm taking my kids here and there and everywhere. And my husband, I'm trying to keep all these appointments. I'm worn out. I'm tired. And then people think, you know, what I need is a weekend away. And so they work all week. They pack and go out and work all weekend and having fun. And they come back home and wonder why they're not rejuvenated, why they feel no sense of power or lift or rest or energy. You see, if all you do is try harder, I mean, when I started, when I learned how to, to ski, the, the natural reflex is to want to pull yourself out of that water, to pull that boat towards you. you know, it, it just doesn't feel right to just extend your arms and hold on and just let it do the lifting. It just seems too easy. But you know, life doesn't have to be hard and difficult. It doesn't have to be something that you, you just flop into bed or flop into the easy chair at night or get up in the morning with dread. Yesterday I was, I was uh, thinking and I, I, I blogged, uh, you, can find, you, you can read that uh, at davidfoster.tv, on what does a guy like me do on Saturday? Uh, uh, I've been doing this for 35 years, every weekend for 35 years. I was interrupted a few weekends last year, but other than that, I've been doing this <laughs> every weekend for 35 years. And I love it. I love it. And every Saturday is the same. There is, there's this anxiousness, there's this excitement, and yet there's this, this, this woeful sense of inadequacy. There's this, am I prepared enough? Have I worked hard enough? Have I prayed enough? You know, and I just wrote down the things that, that enter my mind. And I, I'm always asking God, have I done enough? And he continues to say to me, commit your way, trust in me, and I will act. Commit everything to me, trust me, and I will act. It just seems too easy, doesn't it? And if it's true, why don't we do it? Our number one enemy from trusting God, from really just letting him do the lifting, letting him, you know, being like someone who's, you know, bound to a wheelchair with semi-power. Isn't that a great image? Matter of fact, I put the image on my website if you haven't seen it yet. It's, it's an amazing image. The number one problem we face, I think most of us face, from really trusting God is fear. If I don't do it, who will do it? If I don't fix it, who will fix it? And you know what I, I discovered the other day? That the world was turning before I was born. It's probably going to keep turning after I'm dead. It was, it was doing quite well. I was amazed at all the things that actually had been achieved up until the day I was born. <laughs> and it will be turning after I'm done. So what am I going to do? In my little dash. Matter of fact, I went up to see my dad's Memorial Day. I'm not a big graveyard visitor, but my mother, you know, that, that's, that's a big thing for her. So I went and visited my father's grave and I saw that little dash. Born 1922, died 1989. And I thought, you know what? And, and, and the graveyard was full of people. And I just said, you know what? That dash doesn't tell the story. My dad had me in that dash. He fought a world war in that dash. 
And so if, if our life is going to be like that dash, why, why not, I mean, I don't know, why not enjoy it? Why let fear get you into this spiral where some of you are right now? Let me, let me explain what I mean. The downward spiral of trying times, when you just simply are trying to pull everything in life your way, goes something like this. It starts with fear. If, you're aff- if, you, if you have fear in your heart, you'll start to fret. That's a great word, at fret. He's fretting, fretful. Fretful is you're walking, you're pacing, and you're thinking, and your blood pressure. Didn't that feel good? You, 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 you're, you, you go, you, if you're in the car, you're not watching, you're zoned out because you're thinking about, you're fretting, and you're worrying because someone else has more than you, and someone else is thinner than you, or someone else has a nicer car, car than you, or a nicer job than you, or someone that you know is a jerk at work actually you know, uh, took your work and got a promotion and you're fretting. Fretting leads to envy because I don't have everything I need. I don't everything, have everything I should have. And fretting, fear leads to fretting. Fretting leads to envy and envy leads to activity because you know what? All you got to do is try harder, right? Come on. If you tried harder, you'd have a better life. If you tried harder, you'd have a better job. If you had tried harder, you'd have more stuff. And so we work, 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 work. Listen, if they don't fit, get a bigger hammer. God helps those who help themselves. Only strong survivor. The bird catches a worm. The better to rise, health, wealth, and wise. He's a self-made man. If you can't believe it, you can achieve it. You can dream it. You can do it. If you're in first year life, it is to be is up to me. Woo! Yeah. Are you tired? Whew. That'll wear you out. Envy leads to activity. Activity leads to getting. That's the great thing about act- in this country, in the capitalist system. You go out there and you work hard. You start a business. You have a great widget. You build a better mousetrap. Pe- people buy it. You get more money. And what do you got to do with more money? You got to spend it. Praise Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen? Get some more stuff. Woo! We love stuff, don't we? Get some more stuff. Get a computer. Praise God. Buy it. Have you ever bought a computer and the next day it comes out faster and cheaper? You always tell people who've bought a brand new car, you know why? Because they park it out in the lower 40. Park it by, well, anybody just scratch it. And you can tell someone who's made the payments, they park it right there. You know, go ahead, I dare you. Get a new car and somebody in the 1969 Plymouth. It weighs 37,000 pounds rear engine. You get it in the air conditioner, it doesn't work. You get it, the little knob falls off. Getting leads to frustration because anything you get that you think is going to make you happy or satisfy a deep inner hunger in your heart or going to give you a sense of power and security is going to always let you down. Thank you. Frustration leads to discouragement. You know why you get discouraged? Because you, you ask, the question, is this it? Is this all there is? I just go out there. And I, you know, I try harder and I get something and it disappoints me. And I work harder and I get the, and it disappoints me. I win the Super Bowl. I get an Oscar. I sell a million albums. I get my book published. I finally find the love of my life. And all of those things, as good as they are and as awesome as they are and as much of a blessing as they can be, are disappointing once you hold them, once you have them. You get discouraged. Discouragement leads to depression. I'm depressed. I'm tired. I just sit down. Depression leads to isolation. 
I just stay home. I don't get up. I don't get dressed. I'll just listen to Dave over the internet. That's what some of you are doing right now at home, wherever you are. Shame on you who are listening. Do you hear all that? All those people laughing at you. They're going to have a better blessing than you next week. You get up and get in here, mister. It's a paid political announcement. I just don't want to get up. I'm just too tired. I can't go. And in isolation, what do you do? You eat too much, you exercise too little, and you listen to the wrong stuff. Thank God Paris Hilton is in jail. All is right with the world. Amen. Who cares? I'm a whatever. Poor little girl. That's really bad. And we had the shuttle go off this week, and it got knocked off just because we, we were watching, you know, poor little Paris being taken back to jail. Say, get off her back. Depression leads to isolation. Isolation leads to despair, and despair leads to apathy. Apathy is whatever. I don't really care. Why should I try? Because everything I try is so hard, and even when I achieve something, it's so empty. Instead of try, 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 instead of trying to pull God and all reality to our way of thinking, maybe, just maybe, God has a better way. Maybe instead of trying and being frustrated, God wants us to rest. Have you ever noticed that even world-class athletes only perform a very small percentage of their life? You know what they do most of their time doing? Check the resting, sleeping. I went last year up to the training camp of the Titans. I was, talking, we were going, I was going on the field and I was talking to the trainer. And I said, well, kind of like, what's the day? He says, you get up and eat. And they sleep. And they train. And they eat. And they sleep. And I said, what's the most important? Sleep. Really? He said, you got to sleep. Because when you sleep, it's when you rejuvenate, when you, when you restore, when you get all that energy coming back. Everything that you expend is now coming back and your body is working. You know how your body works? If you expend energy you, and, and, and you give out and you tax your body and then you nourish it and then you rest it. Did you know it rebounds stronger? Isn't that true? You can actually now do more work, exert more energy... And it feels less of an exertion because now you're building your body rather than breaking it down. And what is that crucial ingredient? Rest. So let's use the word rest, R-E-S-T, as a reminder of what it is we're going to do this week as we commit our way to the Lord, trust in him, and, and watch him act on our behalf as we just simply let him do the heavy lifting. Okay? R. R stands for relax. I can relax knowing everything is covered. Be still and know that I am God. Be what? Still. Be still and know that I am God. He has everything covered. Think about it. Come to me and I will give you more to do, Jesus said. I'll give you a plan, a task. I'll give you the path to great riches, wealth, and personal satisfaction. I'll send you on a mission around the world to save it from itself. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Rest. All of you who work so hard beneath a heavy yoke. 
A heavy yoke. What is the heavy yoke? We must be laboring under a heavy yoke. Look at how much medication we take to just survive. Anybody ever taken an ambient? Is it what it's called? Ambient? I went through a period of time last year where I didn't sleep. I, I never do that. I sleep. You know, let the world fall apart. I sleep. Thank God. Give me a fan. Give me Andy Griffith rerun. And give me a brick to lay on. Man, I'm boom. I'm out of here. I went through three or four nights. Yeah, if you ever done this, your mind, your, your, your mind's just active. You're going, you're, you know, just playing all the stuff in your head and you can't turn it off. And I had a friend of mine who gave me a couple of Ambien. That probably was illegal, but so I won't tell you the name. His name is. Have you ever, have you ever had, uh, seriously, have you ever had one of these things? They're about the size, have you ever, the size of a BB. I thought like, you know, give me a big one, like a horse. You know, knock me out. Gave me two. He said, take one. I thought, right, sure. I'm a big guy. A little beep, take a little BB. I took that thing, boom. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. I'm going to buy them in bulk. And I'm amazed. I didn't know. I mean, I'm amazed at how many, some of you have to take something to go to sleep. Because your mind is just so going and so working. Sometimes when we get, we don't want to be still because these heavy burdens that we have attached to ourselves. Listen, if you've done something, if if you had some kind of sexual sin or drug or 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 if you're living with lies, get them gone, confess them, get, get them right, get the burden off. What is that heavy yoke? Lay it down. Well, I'm not where I thought I would be at my age. Well, you know, who cares? This isn't, this isn't, a, this isn't a, a sprint. This is a marathon. Jesus says, come to me and let me take that heavy yoke off and I'll put my yoke on you. And there's, in other words, there will be tried, there will be work, but it will be work that energizes you rather than depresses you. He says, for I am gentle and humble and you shall find rest for your soul for I give only what? Light burdens. I love that. A light burden. You know what this is for me today? A light burden. I love it. I love it. And I said in my blog, I said, you know, if you talk to guys who do what I do, I was in a group of like three or four about a couple weeks ago and we're being interviewed and the interviewer said, you know, how do you feel after you speak on Sunday? And these other three guys are very successful and, and you know, and, and I mean, you, you, some whose names you would know. And, and uh, one of them said empty. The other one said like a failure, inadequate. And that's, that's pretty, it's pretty much a description of the way it is in just a few minutes. I mean, and you're not going to change it by saying you're a nice guy. It's just what it is. And I said, but the interesting thing is after a good meal and a good night's rest, you're ready to go again. Do you have stuff like that in your life? Do you do work like that? That sometimes you just, you're spent when you do it and you feel like you, you, maybe you could have done it so much better. But yet once you kind of get some rest and get a good meal, you're ready to go again. That's a light burden. That's a calling. That's God calling you. There's a big difference between a calling and a career. And each one of us have been called into something. And so we need to rest in order to prepare for it. R, E is enjoy the journey. 
Listen to this amazing. This is all Psalm 37 in context. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they soon wither. Like green trees, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. The justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still. Before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed. And here you have this juxtaposition. On the one hand, do something. And God says, I'll do something. I do my part and God does his part. But here's what, what is my part? Delight, trust, commit, do not fret. Those are all things that don't take a lot of physical, emotional energy. They take spiritual stamina. He says, commit to this and I will be at work. And so if you read all of these verbs and all of the, this, the, just, you, the, the poetic nature of this psalm, what you see is the, is a, is, is the journey, is a meandering, a, a going forth. Sometimes we enjoy it. Sometimes we're trusting. Sometimes we're waiting. Sometimes we're going. Sometimes we're moving. Sometimes we're backing up. It's always a journey. It's always thrilling. And you never know exactly what's around the next corner. But you know who is around the next corner, Right? Right? Oh, come on. Come on now. I want to relax knowing that God has it covered. I want to take his light burden, that sense of what it is I'm here to do that I bring, brings me joy. I'm going to enjoy the journey and I'm going to savor this season. That's the S, savor. I'm going to relax. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to savor. Just, I love that word, Savor. You go out and eat in just a few minutes. Just watch people eat. They look like somebody's getting ready to steal it. <laughs> go to these crowded restaurants and watch people fight for chairs. Here's your chair. Put, they put up their chair and they put the, little, put the little tribe around it. And they all lock arms in their food. They watch for people to come over and steal it. We got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I'm busy. We got to go. I got to. And and we don't savor anymore. We have cell phones. I have two men's groups that, that I'm a part of, and in both groups, these guys bring their cell phones. Now, I haven't got guts enough, believe it or not, to say what? Who said that? Well, I haven't got to say. Why don't you just leave your stupid cell phone at home? I'm working up to it, but you know, I mean. People say cell phones are a problem. Cell phones not the problem. It just helps give easy expression to the problem. You don't have to answer the phone. You don't have to accept the appointment. You don't have to hurry and rush and go. We have the idea that the further, I think if the faster we go, the more we're committed, the harder we work, the, more, the sooner we'll get out of where we are. And you know what? I know this is going to be news news to some of you, but there are 24 hours in every day. There are 60 minutes in every hour and it can't be sped up and it can't be slowed down. You know where you are, where you are. It may suck. <laughs> you may not like it, but here's the great thing. It's a season. 
What are you learning in this season? What are you investing in this season? If it's a down season, are you resting? Are you recuperating? Are you relaxing? Are you enjoying? Because you may enter into a season. This is exactly what world-class athletes do. They have periods of really intense engagement followed by longer periods of disengaging, resting, and recuperation. And that's what you need. That's how God works in the rhythm of your life. There will be a period of intense engagement followed by a period of disengagement, rest, and recuperation. Now, what season are you? Maybe some of you are in a really busy season. And it is time to lay your ears back and go for it. And you know that. None of the stuff I've said to you today really intimidates you because you know you're not working really hard because you're being driven by fear. You're working really hard because this is now harvest time and you need to get up off the couch and go out and harvest. And yay you, yay you for knowing the difference. But some of us aren't there. Some of us are at a place where no matter what we do, it doesn't seem like it's getting any better, any faster. And God says to you today, here's the solution to your frustration. Commit to the Lord, trust him, and he will. And what do we want to do? We want him to act faster. Come on, God, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I'm waiting, but hurry. Somebody asked me the other day, if you're praying for patience, no, I stopped that years and years and years ago. Haven't you? I can, be, I can be afraid. I can try to pull myself. I can try to pull or I can have that light burden. I can relax. I can enjoy. I can savor. And I can trust God's motives and his methods. One of the things that's going on in our culture today is a very aggressive form of atheism. I mean, very aggressive. And and at the nature of it, as I've I've talked to some of these guys, the nature of it is that that, that spirituality, Christianity is not reasonable. It's not rational. And I would submit to you, it is very rational. You know, illustrate. Let's say you see a 1957 Chevrolet, 1957 businessman coupe. It was a two-seater and it had fuel injection. Let's say it's going down the road and it is beauty. It is pristine. The, the, it's red and white, had the big fins on it. it the, the paint job is pristine. The chrome gleams in the sun. The tires still have those little, you know, little prickly things sticking out. They look like they've just come off the showroom. Pulls into a parking lot. You pull in, you go in and look at it. It has a brand new Red and white leather tufted interior, beautiful carpet. I mean, it's just, it looks like it's that somehow you just took it off the showroom and put it right here. And next to this car are other cars in the same shape because this is an antique car show. This 1957 Chevrolet is how old? 30, 1957 Chevrolet is 30 years old. Okay. We're jaywalking here. It's 50 years old. It's 50 years old. Now, you look at it and you look at the other cars, and, and let me ask you a question. Do you have, is it rational to assume, is it self-evident that, that somebody manufactured this car? It was created. It was made. Is that rational? Is it also rational to assume that within 50 years of wear and tear, the car probably was bought and restored by someone? Is that rational? It doesn't take a lot of faith. 
As a matter of fact, the guy standing right next to it with a big plaque, his name, where he bought it, what it looked like when he got it, and what it looks like now, how much money he's invested, and what all of the restoration parts cost. It would be irrational to say that I don't believe that car exists. A car 50 years old cannot look like that. Therefore, that car does not exist. They take you away and put you in a room. It's not, is the belief that there is a God rational? The question really is for us is, is this God good? Is this God good and is this God great? Is this God like what we prayed when we were children? Maybe you didn't, but I did. God is good. God is. Now that's great theology. The question is this. Can I trust God's motives toward me and his methods? That's the question. Can I trust God's motive? I don't have to trust much to believe that there is a God and that he is here. That seems to be self-evident. The scriptures never, ever in one place, not one book, not one chapter, not one paragraph, not one line ever attempts to prove the existence of God. The Bible starts in the beginning, God. That's it. In the beginning, God. No, no, where did God come from? Does he always exist? Did he create ex nihilo? In the beginning, God. And the next word tells us almost everything we need to know about God, actually. We can deduce everything else. In the beginning, God created. So God's a creator. God's a lover. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That's the problem, isn't it? I'm trying to pull. I'm trying to push. I'm trying so hard. I don't need a jacket. I can save myself. I don't need someone to pull me up. I can pull myself up. Those are, those, those are lies. Everyone needs a jacket. No exception. Everyone needs a savior. Safety is an illusion. Security is an offer of grace. All of us need to lean back and rest, relax, knowing that God has it covered, enjoying this journey, savoring this part of the season of my life and trusting God's methods and his motives. If I can trust his motives, I can trust his methods. His methods aren't my way. They're his way. They're wise methods. They're the best kind of methods. That's why those of us who have strong faith don't look for a cause and effect relationship. When we pray to God, we know that he's answering. God answers every prayer, every prayer. You don't have to go, "Mm." he answers that prayer. He answers any prayer. Sometimes he says, no, I have a better way. Sometimes he says, wait, I have a better time. Sometimes he says, grow. You need to be a stronger person. Whatever that is, I'm going to rest. Amen? I'm resting in him. Resting in who he is and what he can do in my life. I'm laying down these heavy burdens. Let's pray. Father, I ask you this morning to reach out to us and have pity on us. There are some of us who are fretting and worrying. We wonder where you are. 
we're trying really hard, we're working really hard, and we're getting, we've got more than we've ever gotten, and we're enjoying it less. I pray, Father, that we get off this try-harder treadmill, that we'd surf these waters, that we'd live this adventure, that we were put on earth to live, that we'd not seek safety in some corner of a room, but we'd get out there, get out there on the waves, get out there and ski, get out there and, and live the good life, to, to live the life that we were called to. Pray for someone, Father, this morning who needs to, to lay their heavy burden down. Someone who needs to stop trying to just figure it all out on their own. Someone who, Father, would get away from bitterness and anger and rage that would take hate out of their heart. Someone this morning, Father, who's married, who just simply tried so hard to make that marriage work, they're about to give up. Father, I pray they'll lean back and let you do the heavy lifting in their marriage, heavy lifting in their job, heavy lifting in their relationships, heavy lifting down deep in their soul where their demons live, Father. I pray, Father, that you will bless us. You said that if we would commit our way to you and trust in you, you would act. And so right now, we take you at your promise. If you're here this morning, you just need to pray. You don't know how to pray. Just follow me in this prayer. Dear Jesus, I commit all of me to you. I trust you as my God and my Savior. I confess to you my sin and my brokenness. Come into my heart and make me a new person. From this day forward, I will follow you. I will rest in you. Give me the strength to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go get them. I love you guys.